Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Smart Parents Successful Students podcast. And I have a uh, host today, uh, one of my tutors. This is a actually a series that I'm doing this season, uh, season five, with uh, several of my tutors because I feel that parents are going to want to hear from them about different things that they're doing. So, Bill, uh, welcome back to the show. I know you've been uh, interviewed by me in terms of a podcast or um, actually Facebook Live we've been doing and other things. So maybe some of my parents have seen you on Facebook Live. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Say, pronounce your last name for us. It's uh, McElhaney. Sorry. McElhaney. McElhaney. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so I want to ask you to start off by telling us a little bit about why you became a, I know you were a teacher and then now a mm-hmm. tutor for, for quite a while here. So tell us a little bit what, what got you into that education. When, I saw, when I saw you were going to ask that question, it was a really, it's a really interesting question for me because the reason I'm a tutor and the reason I was a teacher is because of another teacher. I hated school in the first and second grade. (laughs) There's this joke that my mom and I still tell. I would try to get out of going to school in the first and second grade. And I'd go up to my mom and I'd say, oh, I don't think I can go to school today. I don't feel well. And she goes, what's wrong with you? And I'd go, my heart's beating. (laughs) Because I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant or anything at the time. I was just trying to think of anything to get out of school. But to make a long story short, I had a third grade teacher, bless her soul, that made me love school. And so from that point on, I loved my schooling. I loved studying. I loved learning. And so when I got to, you know, making a career decision over what I'd like to do, teaching was right up at the forefront. And so um, that's That's what I did. And, you know, my story is a little bit different in that. I succumbed to peer pressure in college because everybody's like, oh, you're not going to make any money teaching, blah, 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 blah. You need to to major in business or accounting. And so I did major in uh, journalism and worked for five years. But that calling of being a teacher and that love of school just kept tugging at me and tugging at me. So I left that job after five years and went into teaching. Oh, wow. Loved every second of it. Well, that's cool. So what, do you remember what your third grade teacher did that got you to she, love it? <laughs> yeah, there were several things, but the thing that stands out the most is um, she did a program and it was a weekly program and she called it King or Queen of the Week. And so on Friday, if you had made the most 100s during the week, 
for the whole next week, you wore this crown she had made <laughs> and you walked around school, you were king of the week. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. I strive Smart every lady. second <laughs> to be the king of the week, you know? And uh, so- um, That's funny. Um, it was something, <laughs> but she did other things like um, she was trying to teach us telephone etiquette. And so our homework assignment was to, have, we had to call her at night when we got home and talk to her appropriately by what wow. she had taught us during the day. So I was nervous, Helen. I was like, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about, right? So the first thing that came to my mind <laughs> is I invited her over to our house for dinner the following week. And she came. She came. She called my mom beforehand and said, are you sure? And my mom was like, yeah, come on. And so oh, wow. she came over to our house <laughs> and had dinner. But she remained a lifelong friend. We uh, we reconnected several times after adulthood. And uh, she, re in fact, sadly, she passed away this past a year, but she was an amazing teacher and she made me love teaching. And so I always think of that when I'm tutoring or when I'm teaching and the impact you can have on kids, right? Like you really, really never know what impact you're having on kids. And so it's important that, you know, not every kid are you going to make love school, but it, it could be amazing as to what impact you would have on their lives. Wow. That's, that's a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> so can you share some of your strengths as a teacher, tutor, and what those have revealed when it's come to helping kids, especially in Dynamis? Yeah, um, very much so. Um, I learned when I was an actual teacher in the classroom is when this first happened. But now that I'm tutoring and that one-on-one, it becomes even more important. And that is establishing right away some sort of personal connection because if you can do that with a student to where they feel like you're in this together which I try to tell them I'm not trying to make this hard on you I'm not this is to make you do better and to enjoy this subject better mm. so you've got to make that connection right away and everybody's like oh yeah make a connection but you really can make it on several levels you can do it whether it's an interest they have a hobby they have I, as you know, I'm tutoring five or six different students right now, and one of them we connected on music because they were in the band, and they liked uh, motorbiking and bike riding. So we connected on that, and they're able to talk about that, whereas another one loved tennis, and I used to coach tennis. So <laughs> that's not things that it's important to establish those connections so that when you're working with them on particular concepts or trying to work with them, you can bring that back into the into the equation and it makes it learning a lot better. Like I make, uh, we were working on hook statements for one of my kids for their essays. And I was like, um, let's make a hook statement about tennis. How would you draw me into uh, an essay about tennis? Or my ninth grader I'm working with now, we're gonna do an essay, an informative essay next week and it's on bike riding, right? Like what are the benefits of bike riding? So. You can teach students things, but at the same time, connect with them and let them know you care about them. Like, that's the main thing. Like, as a tutor, you're going in, especially one-on-one, -on -one, you're not there to be their enemy. You're not there to make it hard. You know, they're probably there because they maybe struggle a little bit with them. So show them yeah. you believe in them. Show them that, you know, celebrate the small successes of what they do well. And then that just helps you increase and be able to teach them more to where 
they hopefully uh, learn um, those bigger concepts that you're trying to work with them on. But it's all about connection. If I'm working with somebody at work or anywhere, if I like them and I connect with them, just like you and me, we kind of connected right away when we first met and we're having coffee. It's, it's important. It's mm-hmm. important to building any kind of relationship, whether it's in the classroom or a one-on-one session. So that would be what I would consider my greatest strength. Cool. That's that's true. Because uh, they even say when you're trying to teach kids to read, find them a book that they're interested in reading, a subject mm-hmm. matter that they really love. And then that will grow their love of reading. So when yeah. tutoring, we'll, we'll talk about tutoring for a minute. What are sure. like a couple of weaknesses and problems that you see most kids are having? Something that you see often, let's say, I know you're doing different grade levels, but you might be able to still pinpoint a couple of weaknesses <laughs> that they all have um, right. uh, that you could you know, say here in terms of like writing and math or reading any of those mm-hmm. subjects. Uh, the main one I see right up front, and this goes back to what we just talked about with the connection, but I'll, and I'll show you how and I'll illustrate how, is for some reason, there's this all or nothing concept with what they're struggling with. Like, I'm not a good writer, or mm-hmm. I can't do math. It's an all or nothing versus I can't, it's, it's not that simple. It's not an all or nothing thing. So you have to build on the successes of what they do well and then try to show them you are good at math. You can do this. If you practice, if you make enough effort and keep practicing and practicing, that light bulb will turn on and you'll get it. And Mm -hmm. you are a good writer. If, you know, they think they're not a good writer, you know, they can write a couple of good sentences showing subject verb agreement and I'll go, wait, I thought you told me you weren't a good writer. You wrote these two sentences and they're great, right? So it's that getting over the hump is one thing I try to do right away is you're not bad at what we're working on. You're, you're good. We're getting better, right? We're just going to make improvements into what you're doing. So that personal belief that they feel like they can do it. And, mm-hmm. um, and confidence, um, I guess I'd call and it confidence. confidence. Yeah, it, it really goes a long way. And then the second thing, and you and I've talked about this off camera a lot sometimes, and I'm, you know, I didn't teach during COVID. I was doing something else. So I didn't do the remote learning and, you know, have to deal with that uh, in terms of teaching. But I think there's been this trend, and rightly so, teachers had such a hard job. You couldn't connect. And so you had to keep going and going and teaching and teaching. And kids were getting lost and afraid to step in and go, wait, I don't understand that. Or, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. And so, especially in a subject like math, where uh, some formula builds on another formula and you have to do it, mm-hmm. there's just a lack of uh, foundation and knowledge with students. And I think that's why I've told you before, I think that's why Dynas Learning Academy, Dynamus Learning Academy is such a valuable resource because we can, we can get with them one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And if they say, I don't know how to spell or I don't know how to write complex sentences. Well, I, well, wait a minute. Yes, you can. Let's see it. Let me show you you can, right? And we're in the classroom, especially on a Zoom thing. A teacher's not going to be able to do that, but we'll be able to do that. We'll be able to focus in on them. And it, and it leads me to my third thing is then you practice it. Like, you know, 
Um, <laughs> over, and over and over, over again. <laughs> over and over. Like I was doing that with one of my students uh, the other day we were tutoring and uh, they were having a problem with a particular function of math. And so as they're walking out the door, I go, now what's the square root of 81? You know, <laughs> kind of thing, just to keep them in their mind, keep practicing. Like just because you got it right one time, doesn't mean you're going to get it right every time. So keep practicing, keep practicing mm. until it just becomes habitual with you. So, um, and that's true in writing too. I told my ninth grader when I signed his second essay, we had just finished an essay and I said, okay, now we're moving on to the second essay. And he's like, and I go, that's what this is about. You don't just write one essay and forget about it. You've got to get even better. And this second one will be better than the first one, right? That's right. So, <laughs> hopefully anyway. <laughs> A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. We know how COVID changed the world. Parents have always worried about the summer slide, but now children will be battling the COVID slide this year as well. Dynamis Learning Academy will help close gaps in writing, math, and reading through tutoring and special workshops. At the end of the day, teachers can't do everything, but as a parent, can reach out to us to help your child soar. Contact Dynamis Learning Academy at 770-282-9931 or go to our website at dynamislearningacademy.com. Nice, so, there is a lack of practice and just keeping your attention to it that I think we're able to do at Dynamis to really benefit the students. Well, I know when I was a language arts teacher, I mean, of course, you have a lot to cover in language arts. It's not just mm -hmm. writing, it's the reading, it's the grammar, and it's the writing and all kinds of stuff. So right. the way the curriculum is formulated, especially in Georgia, I can speak for Georgia, um, there's too much for a teacher to really cover. Well. There really is. Right. <laughs> um, and they touch upon it and they move on. And they touch upon it and they move on. And those kids that are lucky enough, you could say, or blessed enough to capture it quickly, then they're okay. But then you've got the rest of the class that's going to be going, wait, what just happened? I don't think exactly. I captured that. And so that's what, and COVID just added to that. I'm, sh I'm sure it did. And uh, that's why we get so many calls today is because mm -hmm. a lot of the gaps over the last two years are going to show up now. Um, so they definitely are not getting that repetition, like mm -hmm. you're saying, of the writing essay. They will write one essay probably in the fall. And then it's a matter of grading, too, because when teachers have over 100 students to grade papers, <laughs> just essays, that takes hours to do. Hours, so yeah. They have one essay type to do in the fall, one essay type to do in the winter, and one essay type to do in the spring, and that's it. You know, right. that, they don't get a lot of practice with writing actually. So do you well, want to, um, yeah, go ahead. The other thing I was going to say about writing too, you know, um, I did this with one of my students the other day, like I showed them an example of how I would have, uh, I corrected one of their sentences, right? And I corrected it in a way and I said, so what if I had written it, you had written it like this, right? To show them a little bit more, uh, better sentence structure, better punctuation, just everything, right? And the student goes, oh, yeah, I can see that was much better. And I go, now you rewrite it. And they looked at me like kind of funny. And I was like, just because I wrote a sentence, that's not the only way to improve that sentence. And that's the thing in writing. 
you know, a lot of it is subjective. You, you know, there are a lot of ways you can improve your writing and we'll both be correct, right? Mm-hmm. Not just one or the other, whereas in math, it's a little bit more black and white, but um, it's that attention to, yeah, I just wrote a good sentence, but you can too, and it doesn't have to look anything like mine right. if you sure. write it in the right way, right? So um, there's lots that of- That comes down you know, to revision. And they must not exactly. Be, they're not really revising their paper because if they were rereading it and rereading it, they'd see that they're. I keep changing my sentences until I get it to the way I I want it to listen to sound like the best it can yeah. sound. Until I get well, tired. One thing I <laughs> one thing I did with my ninth grader, and uh, he was about to turn in his essay for the first time, and I said, "Okay, before you turn it in, I want you to spend three minutes and read it to yourself, just yourself." just to make sure you think spelling's good, punctuation's good, all that, right? So he gets done with that and he thinks he's done. I go, okay, now go in the other room and read it aloud to yourself and see if it sounds like you think you meant for it to sound when you wrote it. Because a lot of times it doesn't come out that way when you read it aloud, (laughs) right? And you'll maybe see that you have a run-on sentence or that you started every sentence with the same word and could have varied your sentences most differently. But when you hear it aloud, a lot of times that'll come out. So I made him go in the other room. I said, I'm not going to listen to you. I put in headphones and listened to music while he was doing it, but I made him read it aloud. And then he was able to turn it in because, you know, those are just things that, again, in the classroom, you don't have time to do. Right. You know, you can do it to try to improve um, your writing ability. And then with math, oh my goodness, like, you just need to keep practicing and keep practicing and keep practicing to where it just becomes mundane in your head what nine times seven is or 144 divided by 12. You don't have to think about that. Just keep mm. practicing and practicing. And I um, think kids think that that's not what they need to be doing for some reason. No. <laughs> and I understand that. That's why I say if parents can just yell out, you know, what's 144 divided by 12, right? To where they, I know that sounds kind of trivial, but in the scheme of things, over the course of time, if it's ingrained in their mind, it will help them. They'll get it. And especially if they didn't get it the first time, which is quite common today, right? Like uh, simple, con or not simple, but lower concepts that math builds upon. Sometimes you don't get and you need right. refreshing. I think we were talking about that as a, uh, you know, when we were talking about a gap possibly with one of the students that I think, and we're seeing in several of them and fifth graders that don't know their timetables all the way through by heart, all the way to the yeah. nines, even forget the twelves, the nines. Even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so you know what? what? Go ahead. One yeah. of the kids that I'm doing that, one of my students is a, is a very bright student. Not like he can't do it, right? Or doesn't, it's just, he's never really learned it. So mm-hmm. it's like going back and practicing and practicing and practicing to you learn. In fact, he does the harder steps, the part that I think is the most difficult. He just breezes through. Mm-hmm. It's when you get to simpler concepts, and that's no fault of his. It was just he wasn't taught or wasn't given time to learn it. So um, mm-hmm. um, you just have to identify that. Again, I'm not, that's one thing we're able to do, right? In fact, I've called you two or three times saying, tell me what you think about this situation because it's not right away evident, but as we work with them and we're one-on-one with them, we can figure out what 
uh, seems to be giving them more and you, of their And you got to figure again, a classroom teacher is not going to pick up on that. She and, can't. And kids, There's no way. Kids tend to want to hide that. If they think there's something that they don't know, they're going to go sure. under the radar. Because <laughs> they're sure. like, oh, it looks like everybody else in the class knows it but me. That's the story so I'm not they tell themselves, yeah. right? They like to tell yep. themselves stories. And I've yeah. had a third grader crying about that to me, how he was way behind everybody else. And I said, how did you know that? And he goes, because I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he oh, was goodness. sure he had told himself many stories to the point he said he could not write. He had such a mental block about it. He could not write. Yeah. And um, hey, that's, that reminds me of a story where we tutored uh, briefly a college student about a year and a half ago. And I finally figured out that it was something that happened to her in her younger days, in her youth, that they used to tell her she wasn't good at math or she felt that way. And she had that mental block to this day in college as an mm -hmm. older person going back to college. And she knew there was no way she was going to be able to do it. So she hired our company. And I did as a favor to a college professor I know, and she referred her to us, and and she ended up getting an A, actually. Oh, good, good. Yep. That's so, awesome. do you want to share a, a strategy real quick, either math or writing, one or the other, that maybe whatever you know you found as a solution to something that you've helped a student with recently? Yeah. Um, let me think. Um, I'll share two real quick ones. One I just kind of touched on. I didn't mean to touch on it early, but proofreading, especially in writing, reading aloud and everything is something that I don't think students do today. I don't think they have time and they don't do it. And so uh, you can do that. You'll eventually become good at that to where maybe you can just read it to yourself. But I think reading aloud makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think that's a good strategy. Again, and this applies to both English and math is model a behavior you want them to do, whether it's solving an equation in math or changing the structure of a sentence and writing better. And so I'll do it, but then I'm like, okay, now you do it. And I'm not gonna help you. I'll sit here with you, but I want you to do it on your own. And then I'll mm -hmm. look at it and then we'll go over it together and work on it better. So uh, I've had great success of that with math, especially is like, okay, I'm gonna show you every single step you have to listen and I'm gonna tell you exactly why I did what I did. And then turn the paper over, don't let them see it. And then go, okay, now you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and let them let them try to model that behavior. And, uh, but the same way in English, uh, in writing, like, you know, I can model and tell you a hundred times better ways to write, but you need to do it and let me see how you're doing so I can and show you like, uh, one student I'm working with now, uh, we did that. I did an exercise on him with commas, and he did great on it. I mean, he knew what to do, but in his essay, he had like three run-on sentences because he didn't use the conjunction, use the comma before the conjunction or whatever. And I said, do you see what you did here versus how you did it in the worksheet? You did it right in the worksheet, right? But in the essay, and that's just a matter of practice and getting better mm -hmm. and feeling more as, confident. As a language arts teacher, I used to remember <laughs> they used to tell us don't isolate the grammar because then the kids, for some reason, don't apply it into the paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what you just described. <laughs> yeah. That's Isn't that exactly. amazing? 
it is amazing. And when they see it, then they go, oh, okay. But again, if you point that out and they make the connection, the next time they'll make it, hopefully. They'll use the conjunction where they should have or, you know, something like that. But, um, um, you know, writing is such an interesting topic because it can, you can do a lot of different strategies to improve and you can write very well a lot of different ways. So you just got to work with the students to see what their strengths are and then build on that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Bill, for joining me today. I know uh, you do several students, a third grader uh, for writing, a fifth grader for math, a seventh grader for math. You got every other grade level, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I missed <laughs> and the two fourth, ninth fifth, and graders, eight. one writing, one math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You got a whole gamut of kids. Yeah. Um, and those are all really very important grade levels the third, the fifth, the seventh, and the ninth grade. Right, right, right. <laughs> and right. we can see what's definitely going on a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of math uh, issues yeah. going on. And that a lot of the same. Be same problem. We did, we were at that the fair this past Saturday at the at mm -hmm. um Ashford Park Elementary and we noticed that right people coming up to talk to us is usually always about either writing or math, right? It's like yeah, writing, the math and some read a little bit of reading too. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's all the same and very young, young kids. Uh now parents I think are noticing cuz they've been sitting with their children during the last 2 years. Like they know exactly where their child has got a deficit in now. That's what I've noticed as an owner of a company compared right. to prior prior uh, sponsorships I've done is the fathers would come up and say, this is what he's been doing and this is not right. He needs help. Like mm -hmm. immediately knew all of those people that approached us, immediately knew what's wrong. Whereas yep. before I might get, I'm not really sure what's going on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so definitely a difference I see in people wanting to solve that problem and solve it early. Because a lot of the yeah. parents I spoke with were their first, second grade dads, actually. And you so, can have such a great impact. You and I both know a third grader we're working with. If we had if we had recorded the first session you and I did with him together versus where he is now, it's the most difference. successful story I've ever seen. I told his mother that the past session I'm like this is like a different child in every way I mean he's <laughs> teaching me he wants to teach me things about Venn diagrams and comparing and contrasting I'm like I had that on my list to teach you and now you're teaching me it's just a, it's like a 180 degree turnaround with him it's amazing that's awesome. I'm excited about that since I got yeah. to tutor him for a little while myself. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Bill, for joining me today. And everybody, uh, you guys have a great day until the next podcast show with a new tutor. I'll be bringing on several of them during this season. Take care for now. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember... 
I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamistlearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.